in John 17:3 it talks about um, eternal life is that we know him so it says that now this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent and it's kind of yeah it's been quite beautiful and encouraging this morning already that God's almost reminding us of how much he wants to just to be with us and to know us and be known and so increasingly when we in our life of following and walking in the kingdom, walking this path, we kind of we realize that we're not alone. We start seeing God is with us. He's acting with us. He's accompanying us. And we have this beautiful, unearned interaction with God. And we learn to live what, uh, what um, Mr. Smith calls the with God life that is living in the kingdom. One of the things, uh, I read a book last year and it was really helpful for me to understand some more about the postures that we come to God with or the, some of the ways that most people would relate to God and um, I thought it might be helpful for us to have a look at them briefly together this morning too. Um, so he, this um, author, Sky Jathani, is a book called With and um, Really, he talks about how actually most people relate to God in four different ways. Um, And I'll go through them briefly. And then there's a fifth way, which we're sort of invited to lean into. Hopefully you can see that all right. So the first one is life from God, this posture of life from God. And in this, we focus on what we can get from God. He exists to satisfy our desires. And I guess in our consumer kind of worldview, this is a really easy one to to fall into and so God is almost seen as this divine kind of vending machine and his value is determined by how useful he is in our life and in this kind of posture or approach to God and way of relating to him we can easily overlook him or reject him when things are going well so this this kind of posture of life from God is one of the ones that is a common one that people would the way the way that they would relate to God that God exists to give them things and to to satisfy what we're needing the second one is life for God and in this we this is a really common one for a lot of Christians that I would know in terms of how we've been brought up or what our experiences are that would end up kind of um, approaching God or relating to God in this posture of living life for him and in this we can be so caught up in trying to do things for God that we oversh- that kind of overshadows what's most important, which is life with Christ. It can become about the work that we're doing or the things we're doing rather than the relationship. And in a sense, the mission becomes more important than the master. We can find value in the mission that we're chasing, not in being God's beloved. And we kind of can find ourselves not serving with Jesus, but actually you know, doing things for him rather than with him. So that's life for God. Then we come to life over God. And this, the primary focus is following God's principles, that we kind of, that it's about living by his laws. And God can then become seen as quite distant or a disconnected deity. Um, and the, the value is in his principles more than in knowing him personally. And in a way, it's about an attempt to control our world and our life. We kind of think if we just follow the laws, if we follow the principles, then, you know, I can control things in in our world and in my life. (coughs) The fourth one is life under God. 
that in this we're living under his control. We're trying to keep him happy. We're trying, you know, we might think if things have gone bad that we're being punished by God or that we're being blessed by him because we've done things right, um, because he's pleased with us. And if things go wrong, we might ask the question, you know, what did I do to deserve this? And in a sense, that tells us of how we're thinking about God and approaching him in this performance-based relationship of, uh, you know, am I doing enough and can I ever do enough? And so life under God, we're living under his control. So these kind of ways, the life from God and for God and over God and under God, some of these, I don't know if you would relate to any of them, but it's definitely, I've seen even in my own life, I guess, different seasons where I've noticed myself relating to God in some of those ways. Um, and, And what I love about God is that he doesn't, like Jesus is not saying like, you've done it wrong again. <laughs> um, you know, even as we've experienced this morning, it's always that invitation, just like in Matthew, um, in the the Rhythms of Grace passage that we've sort of, we've, we've been talking about. He, you know, he says, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And that's the, you know, if we notice these things, we can repent with that kind of posture towards God of that he's simply inviting us to just turn once more to him and so the last of the (coughs) postures which um, this book is all about is about life with God so not for him or from him or under him or over him but the life with God posture is really centered about around the view that relationship is at the core of the cosmos that God the Father with God the Son and with God the Holy Spirit, that there's this beautiful relationship that's always existed that we are included in. So with the life with God, you know, we're not surprised that when God just, you know, he wanted to restore his broken relationship with people, that he sent his son to dwell with us. His plan to restore creation wasn't to send a list of rules and rituals that we're to follow, It wasn't to just give us really useful principles. He didn't just send a genie to grant us our desires. And he didn't give us a task to accomplish, but instead God gave himself. He came to be with us and to walk with us. So life with God is different because it's not about using God, but it's about the goal is actually God himself. He becomes the focus of our desire But before we can really desire God, we kind of have to have a clear understanding of who he is and what he's like. And so when people have these other ways of relating to God, it's like they that he's so committed to continuing to reveal himself to us and giving uh, giving everybody a a, a bigger and um, I guess a, a better experience um, and understanding of who he is and what he's like, because then that will determine how we approach him. So maybe people have never received a clear vision of who God is and so we end up settling for something less but with you know he's so committed he will enlarge our vision correct our vision that we if we see his unrivaled beauty if we grasp his unconditional love if we see his radiant glory if we experience his untainted goodness then he he stops being how we're going to get our treasure and he becomes himself our treasure And through the Holy Spirit, we get to live in this constant, unending communion with God. It's such a beautiful thing, you know, that he has done everything we need to be able to live this life with God.
Thomas Kelly, who, he was a Quaker who wrote and taught on the subject of mysticism. He wrote about this kind of a life in this quote, I'll just read here. There is a way of ordering our mental life on more than one level at once. On one level, we may be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external affairs. But deep within, behind the scenes, at a profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, and a gentle receptiveness to divine breathings. The secular world of today values and cultivates only the first level, believing this is where the real business of mankind is done. But we know that the deep level of prayer is the most important thing in the world. And it's at this deep level that the real business of life is determined. This certainly describes how Jesus lived. While attending to his good work of touching, teaching, healing and helping, he was in ongoing communion with his Father, ever aware of his presence with him and in him. Times of solitude and stillness were sought and planned for, but they didn't contain or constrict his communion with the Father. Instead, they were times when life on two levels could be condensed to one. In rhythms of grace, the rhythms or the practices, the ways that we um, engage intentionally around posturing ourselves with God and, you know, come come away with me, get away with me, recovering our life. That's what he's talking about there is those moments when actually the communion with God is sort of at that one level, but actually we have it all the time. We can, you know, he is with us in every single aspect of our life. He is acting in our life and we get to, to grow in the grace and the knowledge. And faith is the extension of knowledge because we know something, so, for example, if we know that God is good and he's reliable, we've sung about that this morning, you know, you are, that he's actually really faithful, he keeps his promises. Um, when we know that about God, because we've had this personal and intimate relationship with him, then we can act on that. We, we you know, faith isn't so much just trying to believe something that we don't really believe in order that God wouldn't be kind of disappointed in us, or trying to keep God happy by, by having faith and believing what we don't really believe. Actually, you know, this author suggests it's more acting on our knowledge. We've we've experienced his goodness, and therefore we can we can take steps. Um, the author of the book with the postures, he says, it's the experiential knowledge of God's love, his unyielding goodness towards us, that delivers us from fear and gives us the courage to surrender to him. Real faith, real surrender, is only possible in the life with God posture. As John said, perfect love casts out fear. When we live with God, when we're united with him and experience his goodness and love, fear loses its grip on our souls. With promises of God's boundless love, life with God breaks the endless cycles of fear and striving for control. So when we get to encounter, you know, when people encounter and experience God, then we grow in grace and we grow in knowledge. We experience that in his love and being healed and the words that we, you know, he gives us, he speaks to us and, and we are actually changed. And so there's this kind of mystical, um, experiential side of like the aspect of, of life with God. Each of us can probably think back at the times where we've seen God acting in our lives. 
um, where we've seen him with us, that, that we've experienced and encountered his love. And that's why we love to share stories of what God's been doing. Um, and part of that, you know, when we come together, that's some, something of what's so special of, of walking this life in community, that we are encouraged by how we see God acting in each other's lives as well. So all of this happens in community. The apprenticeship program that we're in here, uh, that we've, we've had the privilege of being part of as being Jesus' apprentices, it's, it's not a solo program. We don't enter into this um, you know, outside of, we, we do this within community with each other. And so we, you know, as a, a group of people, as God's family, we're seeking him and we're seeking his kingdom. As we each lean into this posture of life with God, we get to grow in his activity in our lives. We get to be encouraged with how we see him acting in each other's lives. We get to gather around Jesus and listen to him like we're doing right now. We get to worship him. We get to kind of align ourselves with him and his ways, walking with him and working with him as his apprentices. And we get to personally and intimately. Man, that's an attractive thing for people to see that. Like, to you know, when you see someone who's alive in the grace and knowledge of God, there's nothing quite like that. When you see someone who, who knows, uh, has a personal relationship with God and, and is walking this this kind of thing of of life in the kingdom and seeing his activity in so many different ways so through scripture you know we see this whole story is basically god telling us that he has designed us to be with him that he constantly no matter how much we don't deserve it he constantly just he is acting in our lives and we simply get to surrender we simply posture ourselves to be with him we seek his kingdom here, in this time and in this place. Let's check the time. Mm, we're all good for time? Okay. <laughs> um, so talking about rhythms of grace, just to, to finish, I guess within that context of that actually God, we are with God and he's with us. And we have these ways where we can lean in intentionally into um, engaging with him, um, growing our sense of him with us, growing our our knowledge of him in that kind of very personal way, so not just knowing about him, but we get to know him personally. One of the um, the, the rhythms or the practices that can be really helpful is um, Lectio Divina, and basically what we'll do is we can do this together, because a lot of these we're looking at, how do we do this not just for us individually, but also for us as a church. What does it look like to, to walk this life with Jesus, to, to be living in the kingdom, seeking his kingdom together? That what we'll do is we'll read a passage of scripture um, two or three times. And what, what we'd invite you to do is really, as, we, as I'm reading through, um, and often you do this with some, any kind of passage from the Gospels, we can we can put ourselves in the story. So we'll use our imagination to put ourselves there in the story. Maybe we're a bystander, looking, especially looking at Jesus and no noticing what is he saying? What is he doing? And the Holy Spirit, you know, he, he will help us to see what each of us need to see. But then we also come with that posture of expectation. We expect God to speak and, and to, as we listen to him, each of us will hear or see something a little bit different that he's inviting us to each see. But then we, the cool thing is we get to 
share that together and, and be encouraged by the pieces that we're each bringing. So let me read this passage. I invite you just to sit comfortably and um, I'll read it a couple of times. This first time, just, just simply listen as I, as I read it. <coughs> Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. So Holy Spirit, I pray that as we are, as we are reading, as we are listening to your word in this, this story, this passage, would you speak to us? We thank you as we've acknowledged this morning we, that you are with us, that you are acting in our lives, you are speaking right here. We believe that you're speaking and so we lean in to listen to what you're saying. Would you help us to use our imagination to, to notice what it is that you're specifically pointing out to each of us this morning? And so as I read it again, allow your imagination to put, put yourself in the story and to notice Notice some of the things that Jesus says or that he does and notice what stands out to you. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover and when he was 12 years old they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travellers they went a day's journey then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. So maybe there was something that stood out to you. Maybe there was something you noticed of, of Jesus and what he was saying or what he was doing. 
and for the sake of time often we would do this another couple of times and but it would be really great even just to see um, before we share in communion together um, you know even just to as an example of doing this together of he's speaking to us and and he is speaking to each of us in different ways so if anyone would like to share something that that stood out for them something that you think God's saying or inviting us to do then before we move on let's just capture those things as part of um, this communal activity that we get to do so if you have something you'd like to share just pop up your hand and we'll keep it brief just for the sake of time but let's let's um, listen to what he's saying to us as a family here this morning